rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Make sure you're prepared. There's no need to panic by. Cuba and Florida bracing for Hurricane Ian. Evacuations are underway. New York City's mayor visits the hurricane-ravaged Dominican Republic, calling for additional aid in the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona. Trader Joe's employees at a Brooklyn location moved to unionize. A bear market for all three major indices on Wall Street as the Dow falls 1.1% Monday. Nine years after fleeing to Russia, whistleblower Edward Snowden is granted Russian citizenship. Hurricane Ian is targeting western Cuba before making landfall along Florida's western peninsula Wednesday into Thursday. Ian is now a Category 3 hurricane as of this morning. Hurricane and storm surge warnings are issued. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Ian is a massive system, 500 miles wide, packing hurricane force and tropical storm force winds extending to 115 miles per hour. Uh, We've issued waivers of weight restrictions for commercial trucks to ensure we have ample fuel and resources coming into Florida. Make sure you're prepared. There's no need to panic by. Uh, If you normally don't drink a lot of water, you know, you may not need to go out and buy 20 gallons of water right now. Uh, So just do what you need to be prepared. As of Monday, Tampa and St. Petersburg appeared to be among the most likely targets for their first direct hit by a major hurricane since 1921. Ian is forecast to make landfall as a Cat 3 or greater system, possibly reaching Cat 4 status with sustained winds from 130 to 156 miles per hour. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams traveled from Puerto Rico to the Dominican Republic Sunday night. He met with local officials and relief groups Monday in the wake of Hurricane Fiona. The mayor met with Dominican Republican President Luis Abbey Natter to discuss recovery efforts. He and members of Somos community helped with supply distribution. I worked with the Somos team actually during COVID when we were on the ground in Sunset Park during the height of COVID, helping out. Uh, we know how important it was, and now they're here again in uh, Dominican Republic. Some of the locations that are heavy, were heavily hit, uh, helping building roofs, giving out simple things as Clorox. Hurricane Fiona knocked out power to the entire island of Puerto Rico and some of the areas the mayor visited on Sunday were still without running water and electricity. New York City has launched a website with resources for New Yorkers looking to support local relief efforts. Trader Joe's employees in Brooklyn there have petitioned to unionize following in the footsteps of Trader Joe's workers in Massachusetts and Minneapolis. Over 180 employees at the Brooklyn store filed Friday for a unionization vote, according to the National Labor Relations Board. Workers are seeking to join Trader Joe's United, the independent group that prevailed in elections this summer in Massachusetts and Minneapolis, the first union foothold among the company's over 500 stores. The company, owned by Germany's Albrecht family, has said it is concerned about the impacts of unionization and already offers industry-leading compensation, but is ready to immediately begin contract talks. 
All stocks closed broadly lower on Wall Street on Monday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average becoming the last of the three major U.S. indices to go from a bull to a bear market. The Dow lost 1.1 percent, closing at 29,260. The S&P 500 fell 1 percent Monday. The Nasdaq fell 0.6 percent. The losses were broad and included banks, healthcare companies and energy stocks. The British pound slumped to an all-time low against the dollar, and investors continued to dump British government bonds in displeasure over a sweeping tax cut plan announced in London last week. Treasury yields continued to rise, though, as the Federal Reserve and other global central banks step up their fight against inflation. Russia's President Vladimir Putin granted Russian citizenship to former U.S. intelligence contractor Edward Snowden Monday, The declaration comes nine years after the whistleblower fled to Russia. The former intelligence contractor leaked classified information from the National Security Agency in 2013, revealing the extent of mass surveillance in the country. The Department of Justice charged him with violating the Espionage Act of 1917, and he fled to Russia to avoid the charges. Here's State Department spokesperson Ned Price. Our position has not changed. Mr. Snowden should return to the United States where he uh, should face justice as any other American citizen would. Perhaps the only thing that has changed is that as a result of his Russian citizenship, uh, apparently now he may well be conscripted to fight in Russia's war in Ukraine. Snowden announced he was applying for Russian citizenship in 2020 on account of his son, but that he would be keeping his American citizenship. Initially, he had been living in Russia under asylum and was granted permanent residency in 2020. Snowden's approval comes as Putin has easy citizenship process for Ukrainians and those who serve in the Russian military amid the war on Ukraine. Well, ever since website 538, you may have seen it, launched an election model back in late June. It has moved entirely in one direction only towards Democrats in the deluxe version of this model, Democrats' chances of keeping the Senate are 71 percent, while their chances of holding the House are 31 percent. Neither number has meaningfully changed since a week ago. Democrats currently lead by 1.9 percentage points, the chart's average, and that reflects continued improvement from August 22nd when they led by only 0.4 percentage points. Former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki spoke about the midterm elections on NBC News. I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, um, as we saw, you know, Kevin McCarthy touch on there with Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll say her name, sitting over his left side, then they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that. Now, according to this website, the presidential approval average is more aggressive by contrast as of September 22nd at 5 p.m. Eastern, Biden has a 42.5% approval rating and a 53% disapproval rating. And those numbers are improved from August 22nd when Biden had a 40.9% approval rating against a 54.3% disapproval. Outgoing Wyoming Republican Representative Liz Cheney has vowed to do whatever it takes to stop former President Donald Trump from becoming a Republican presidential nominee. Cheney, of course, leading the House investigation into the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. She argues that voters must be aware of the power of some Republicans who continue to make unfounded and false claims. She says that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump have in the Republican Party. Now, she spoke at the Texas Tribune over the weekend. And again, I think if you look at what happened that day, 
um, on the 6th, you'll see that uh, there were Secret Service agents who um, were playing a hugely important and very courageous role. Um, and I think that there are some who, um, you know, have, have not been forthcoming with the committee, and, and you'll hear more about that. Got it. Cheney lost a Republican primary to a challenger backed by Trump in Wyoming last month. She also said she would campaign for the Democrats if necessary, if it meant that Trump would not become president again. Representative Ruben Galigo, the Democrat out of Arizona, ratcheted up his criticism of Senator Kirsten Sinema, the Democrat from Arizona, on Monday, accusing her of wanting Democrats to lose control of Congress in November. Gligo, who was floated as a possible 2024 primary bid against the incumbent senator, was responding to comments in a made earlier Monday at the McConnell Center at the University of Louisville. She indicated she believes Republicans are likely to win back the House or Senate this November. But despite our apparent differences, Senator McConnell and I have forged a friendship, one that is rooted in our commonalities, including our pragmatic approach to legislating, our respect for the Senate as an institution, our love for our home states, and a dogged determination on behalf of our constituents. Galigo has been a frequent critic of the Arizona senator, especially for declining to back key parts of President Biden's agenda over the last year, headlined by the Build Back Better package. A cinema spokesperson declined to comment directly, but pointed the Hill to the theme of her speech on Monday, bipartisanship and political discourse, and an excerpt from it centered on how politics in Washington, D.C. have become increasingly radicalized and spiraling steadily downward into bitter tribal extremism. The New Mexico State District District Attorney could file criminal charges against four people, including actor Alec Baldwin, for the fatal shooting on the movie set of Rust. In a recent letter to the state's finance board, Santa Fe District Attorney Mary Carmack Altwise said as many as four people could face criminal charges in connection with the accident last year. It claimed the life of cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured director Joel Souza. Baldwin told Good Morning America back in December he followed Hutchins' advice on set. She was, well, just cheat it down and tilt it down a little bit like that. And then I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. The DA said that her office is considering charges, including homicide, as well as gun violations, according to the Santa Fe New Mexican. The Santa Fe DA requested $635,500 for what she described as potentially four separate jury trials and to hire a special investigator. A media spokesperson and experts also say the state gave the DA's office $317,000 for the appointment of a special prosecutor to oversee the case according to the state office's website. President Joe Biden will host a state dinner for French President Emmanuel Macron in December, according to the White House. They said that Monday the dinner is scheduled for December 1. It'll be the first state visit hosted by President Biden in almost two years in office. White House spokesperson Corinne Jean-Pierre during Monday's briefing said COVID caused the delay. Our close relationship with France is founded on our shared democratic values, economic ties, and defense and security cooperation. The leaders will discuss our continued close partnership on shared global challenges and areas of bilateral interest. 
787 WABC Time Check 515. Well, Justin Ellick back uh, in the seat with sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick, and I have returned for your uh, early news sports update. A bit of reality sets in for Giants fans on this Tuesday morning as the MetLife faithful went home groaning last night after New York's 23-16 loss to division rival Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Saquon Barkley had uh, had them cheering on a brief seven-point lead after an electric 36-yard touchdown run in the third quarter, but his counterpart Ezekiel Elliott would spark the Dallas comeback shortly thereafter with a one-yard goal line score to close out the quarter with the help of three field goals from the leg of Brett Mayer and an insane one-handed catch, a touchdown catch from C.D. Lamb to ice the game. The Cowboys won the fourth quarter and the game to move to 2-1 on the season. The G-Men dropped their first contest of the season and sit at the same record, but head coach Brian Dable knows his guys. They let one slip away. Uh, tough game. Uh, give Dallas credit. Just didn't get quite done tonight. You know, They made more plays um, than we made. and you know, Give them credit. Get back to work. Get ready for Chicago here soon. Up next for the G-Men is a visit from the Chicago Bears this upcoming Sunday as they look to wrap up a three-game homestand. Out to the Diamond now where just the Yanks were in action yesterday. Aaron Judge was held homerless once again as the Bombers opened up a three-game set in Toronto with a 3-2 to walk-off loss to the Blue Jays. With an opportunity to clinch the A at least with a win, the celebratory bubbly was shelved as well after the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. spoiled the potential pinstripe celebration on his home turf with an RBI single in the 10th to give Toronto the win. To boot, New York's winning streak was capped at seven games as Judge will yet again shoot for that elusive 61st dinger tonight in Toronto at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time. Jamison Tyon is set to take the hill going up against Toronto's Jose Barrios. As for the Mets, they enjoyed a day off yesterday before welcoming welcoming in the Miami Marlins tonight for a short two-game set in Queens. They'll open up with Carlos Carrasco on the hill going up against Miami's Pablo Lopez. For more sports content, follow 77WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77WABC. All right. Thanks, Justin. Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street's losing streak goes on. More key economic reports today. New iPhone sales lower overseas. Stocks coming off another losing session. The Dow Jones Industrial is riding a five-day slump. The S&P hit a new closing low for the year yesterday. Global economic fears are rising as the September sell-off continues. Investors getting a look at new economic data today. The housing price index forecasts to show a slight 0.3% increase between July and August. The sharp increase in mortgage interest rates has caused some problems for the housing market. The Consumer Confidence Index is forecast to increase again. Economists targeting a jump from 103.2 to an even 104 this month. Consumers still spending despite inflation. Sales of the iPhone 14 weaker than expected in China. 10% fewer Chinese customers have bought the new iPhone compared to last year's model in the first few weeks of sales. In the United States, meanwhile, iPhone sales are reaching record highs. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WA. ABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking if futures, everything's in the green this morning. The Dow up 196 points at 29,539, up 0.67%. The S&P up 31 and a quarter points. The NASDAQ's risen 112 and a half points. Gold up $8.80 an ounce at $1,642.20. As for crude oil, it's at $77.52 this morning, and that is up 81 cents a barrel. The WABC Early News. 
Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, some New Yorkers are wondering just why New York City Mayor Eric Adams is spending time in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. Well, the crime rate soars in New York City and the economy continues to struggle in the Big Apple. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Judging from the people we spoke to, reaction to Mayor Adams going to the Caribbean to assess the damage from Hurricane Fiona appears to be mixed. What's the role of a mayor in a global community? That's, that's you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I think in this day of technology, you could do a lot of things without physically being on the side. So pretty much feel like he should be here in New York trying to figure out what's going on here. In lower Manhattan, I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News. And we'll hear more reaction from New Yorkers later in the show. Police have arrested a man in a brutal assault inside of a Queen subway station. It was all caught on surveillance video. It happened about 5.15 a.m. Tuesday, September 20th at the Howard Beach JFK Airport station. A 33-year-old woman was approached by a man who tried to start a conversation and then followed her into the mezzanine. The woman ignored these advances, and police say the man dragged her across the floor of the mezzanine and slammed her into the wall, where he repeatedly pounded her with his fists and kicked her about the face and body. Victim Elizabeth Gomes spoke to ABC7. I can't see anything on my right side, honestly. And it just hurts. Do you know how scared I am now? I was never a person to be scared. One passerby tried to intervene but retreated when the man advanced towards him. The attacker then kicked and punched the woman several more times before fleeing the scene. Police responded and arrested the suspect. The victim, who appears to be a security guard, was transported to Jamaica Hospital where she was treated for a serious but non-life-threatening injury to her eye. This suspect is identified as 41-year-old Wahid Foster. He is charged with felony assault. And you can take a look at a video of that horrible attack on our website, wabcradio.com. Rivalries between dueling tow truck companies led to an innocent customer being shot in the head in the Bronx, according to CBS2. A 35-year-old man whose vehicle broke down along the Bruckner Boulevard was shot in his head while sitting inside of a tow truck around 1 a.m. on Saturday. Police say the man who is in critical condition at Lincoln Hospital was not the intended target. Police say while the tow truck operator was hooking up the man's car, Another man drove by on a motorcycle firing several shots. Sources say the tow truck operator, who has a criminal record, was not hit. Mott Haven resident Lisa Rodriguez spoke to CBS2. I suggest people that if, if, if you get stuck, call a family member, you know, try to get out, the, especially at night. Try to get out the area because it's not safe. So far, no arrest. Police say the man shot was simply an innocent bystander. Police in Hoboken, New Jersey, are investigating the murder of a man who was gunned down on a local basketball court over the weekend. Shots rang out around 3.30 a.m. Sunday, right near Marshall Drive between 5th and 6th Streets. 28-year-old Christopher Garcia was shot in his torso. He was rushed to Jersey City Medical Center, where he died. Just hours after news spread of his death, a vigil was held outside of his home on Jefferson at 11th Street. Rick Selleck was Garcia's best friend since their teenage years, and he spoke to ABC7. He had this ability to do anything. Whatever he wanted to commit to, he could do it. And whether it was doing T-shirts or leading community events or, you know, helping anybody out that he could help. And just bringing a smile, laughter, this, like, fun personality lit up the room. You know, he was someone you wanted to be around.
Garcia hosted a community event, for example, in July that Selleck said brought hundreds of people out and included giving bikes and toys to kids. No arrests have been made in this murder so far, and anybody with information is urged to contact the Hudson County Prosecutor's Office at 201-915-1345, or you can visit their website to leave an anonymous tip. They say all information will be kept confidential. Hoboken's Mayor Rav Bahala offered his condolences to Garcia's family in a statement on Twitter as well. Well, an educational watchdog group received more than 16,000 complaints of corporal punishment in the New York City public schools over a five-year period, according to a new report. Corporal punishment is defined by state law as any act of physical force meant to punish a pupil. State records show 1,271 of the total 16,671 complaints made to the Department of Education's Office of Special Investigations between January 2016 and June 2021, according to the Times Union Thorough Investigation on Corporal Punishment in New York State. Now, complaints from the city's public school system, the nation's largest with more than a million students, made up the bulk of nearly 18,000 corporal punishment complaints filed all across New York State, according to this report. And this comes a month after a school district in Missouri voted to reinstate the use of corporal punishment. Dr. Merlin Johnson, superintendent of the Cassville School District, spoke to an NBC affiliate in Missouri about their decision. It's something that uh, we don't uh, anticipate using frequently. This is an opt-in only option for parents. So anyone who disagrees with uh, corporal punishment, uh, they simply do nothing by not opting in. A New York City education spokesperson told the Times Union her department was diligent about discouraging and investigating corporal punishment. New York City's records did not include information on any outcomes employees faced. The report notes nearly 40 percent of students from K through grade 12 who received corporal punishment from 2017 to 2018 were black, the report notes, but black students accounted for just 15% of the entire enrollment. Well, it's the opinion of a law professor, Kimberly Whale, who teaches at the American University's Washington College of Law, that New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against Donald Trump and his family over the Trump organization should cause them to lose a great deal of sleep. Trump, however, has called it simply another witch hunt. After the untimely death of her mother, Naomi, Wyona Judd is hitting the road for the Judd's final tour. 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl has more. Winona Judd hitting the road this week for the Judd's final tour. Joining her, several female powerhouses like Martina McBride, Brandy Carlisle, Faith Hill, and Trisha Yearwood. Winona decided to continue on with the tour following the sudden death of her mother and counterpart, Naomi Judd. The tour launches Friday in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And if you missed the Top 5 at 5 and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.